Thank you for listening to In Good Faith, the Central Reformed Church Sermon Podcast. This episode's sermon is titled, Stepping Out of the Picture, and is based on John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. It was delivered on Christmas Sunday, December 25th, 2023, by Pastor Steve Pierce. It's so good to see each and every one of you here this morning and to brave the weather, those uh, rough roads, and uh, glad each and every one of you can be here. And those of you worshiping online, thank you. Uh, on a personal note, before I read today's gospel lesson, uh, the stole that I am wearing is a gift from Tom Kaiser. Um, Tom Kaiser uh, and Irma Kaiser are members of this church. Tom was a Presbyterian minister for many, many years. And Irma, if you are watching uh, today, if you're worshiping with us, a live stream, I just want to say Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you again to Tom for this uh, fantastic Christmas stool with the Jerusalem crosses on it. Uh, This, we turn now to John's Gospel. We've been in the Synoptic Gospels throughout Advent and Matthew, uh, but we're going to turn now to John's writing in chapter 1. And so if you would do that on page 862. Uh, For those of you who would like to stand for the gospel reading, you may do so as well. Listen now for the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, And without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from John, whose name was John. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own. And his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born, not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's a powerful sermon that David Leininger gave many years ago. It tells the story of a little boy who was just feeling pretty down because his father had been traveling so much on these business trips and, weren't, and, wasn't, and wasn't around as much as he had wished. 
It's not that his father didn't care. He was just working so much. Doing what he needed to do to provide for his family. And little boy had a birthday party. And the father was not able to be there for this. But he sent a wonderful gift. A lovely, meaningful card. And he even called him on his birthday to wish him a happy birthday so they could talk. And the father said, I love you. I'm proud of you. I wish I could be there. But do what he calls. Near the end of the evening, the child looked at the picture of his father on the fireplace mantelpiece. And he said wistfully to his mother, Mom, I really wish that dad could just step out of that picture and be here right now. It's a poignant scene, a a very human scene, one certainly not limited to little boys who miss their dads, but in a very real way. And on Christmas Day, what we experience with a child expressed the deepest hope of the deepest souls who ever lived before that first Christmas. For the people living had hoped for a heavenly father to step out of the picture in their minds. They wanted a God that they could hang on to, someone close, someone they could touch. And Leninger, in his sermon, he says this, of course, the people believed in God, the ancient Egyptians, the finest of the Greeks and Romans, the Eastern sages, even the Hebrew prophets. They all believed in God. They knew that there was a God and even had a sense of what God was like. They believed God had made the world. They believed that God could be seen in nature. They believed that God controlled the events of of history. And in many ways, it was as if they did have a picture of God, a good enough picture to allow the most daring of them to call this great creator the, the, the father of the universe. They got as high as that, Leninger says, but try as they might, they could not go farther and they knew it. The wish was to see God, to know God, to understand God's ways. The wish was for the creator of the universe to step out of the picture and into their lives. Our gospel lesson for today is a picture of just that. It tells us that in the town of Bethlehem, God stepped out. The word became flesh and lived among us, full of grace and truth. The picture had unexpectedly come alive. I remember reading not too long ago, the inimitable way of uh, the late Charlie Allen, who was a great preacher in the United Methodist Church. He once said, in Houston, where I'm the pastor, I live around the corner from a man who walked on the moon. And when I see him, I experience a little bit of awe until I remember the greatest event that actually took place wasn't when a man walked on the moon. The greatest event And human history was when God walked on earth. And that is the good news for each and every one of us today. Is that God has come to us. 
God in the person of Jesus Christ. This bewildering idea, this puzzling picture became flesh, flesh and blood, like you, like me, and lived among us. Something happened on that day when God came to earth, lifting the mysterious veil of of ignorance to reveal the spiritual truth to people's deepest longings, what they wanted to know about the world, what they wanted to know about God, and what they wanted to know about themselves. Now, I've had plenty of time to wrestle with this passage as today's sermon is a hybrid of Christmas Eve message from last night that we did not have and today's message. So I'm going to try to merge the two and we'll see where it goes. I've sat with John's gospel now for the week and I've been looking at John 1, pondering what's really happening here. While brilliantly stated... The concept of God coming to earth is not isolated to John's gospel. Its origins are really in the beginning. And all we have to do is see it expressed persuasively and plainly in the book of Exodus. Moses had led the Israelites out of Egypt through the parted waters of the Red Sea. The Egyptian army trailing behind them had been destroyed. And so you have this horde of humanity, 600,000 men accompanied by women and children who are out in the wilderness trying to find their way but have earned their freedom. And so they're camped out by Mount Sinai. There God calls Moses to the mountaintop and instructed him in the laws by which his chosen people would now live. And that included the Ten Statements, what we call the Ten Commandments. And then other laws like ordinances as the means of restitution for stolen animals. (laughs) And when the Israelites accepted God's covenant with these words, everything the Lord said we will do, we will obey, God again called Moses to the mountaintop where he made one of the most remarkable promises in all of Scripture. And we see this in Exodus 29. God says to Moses, I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar. Aaron also and his sons I will consecrate to serve me as priests. I will dwell among the Israelites. I will be their God. Staggers the imagination to think that the sovereign God of the universe promised to pitch a tent among his people to actually dwell in the midst of the ones who were chosen. Listen again. And the word became flesh and lived among us, full of grace and truth. The Greek word used by John means pitched his tent among us. There's a connection to the tabernacle in the wilderness where the Lord dwelt with Israel. And so what we have here in Christ, God pitches his tent to be with the people. But it doesn't stop there. We see and hear this language in other places in Scripture. Where? Where else do we see 
God pitching God's tent with the people. Well, if you've ever been to a funeral or a memorial, maybe you've heard these words from John's book of Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, and they will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. I find it fascinating that the word dwell here is literally translated pitch a tent. Pitch a tent. This means from Exodus all the way to Revelation, we find the identical imagery, a holy God stepping out of the picture stepping out of the frame of the people's imaginations to pitch his tent among his people, first in the tabernacle, then in the wilderness, and then ultimately in the kingdom itself where he comes again to establish a new heaven and a new earth. Is there anything more heartwarming than this message in Scripture? I don't know. I don't think so. The idea that God comes to us to be with us, to live among us, to show us the way to be our God. Dietrich Rischel talks about the feeling that came over him one December night in 1944 during a bomb attack. And imagine... This is 1944, but as I read his journal entry, think of what's happening in other places in the world today. Think of Ukraine. Dietrich Rischel writes this. He says, many thousands of people died that night, and after the worst was over, I found myself lying with my head on a suitcase in a waiting room of the railroad station. The roof was cracked and I saw the flames leaping up and my eyes caught the inscription on the ceiling, a quotation from the poet Schiller. Beyond the stars there must live a gracious father. And I shook my fist at the sky saying, I don't want that kind of God who hovers above the clouds and doesn't care. I want a God who is with us. When the bombs fall, where the iron curtains are, where all courage and confidence and strength are gone. I want God there and nowhere else. And Rischel concluded, but he is. He mixes with us. He's one of us. Even before he speaks, even before he demands anything of us, He comes and is with us. He was in the terror of that night. He was in the rubble and the screams. He was with those who suffered and with those who called on his name as they died. 
It's easy for us to look at our world and to think, God hasn't come here. God wouldn't allow all these things to have. God wouldn't let children die on battlefields, a war that they don't understand and didn't want. God must be on vacation. God must have more important things to do. Or worse yet, God isn't omnipotent because some evil force has outdone our Heavenly Father. When we look at the picture as it really is, we can hardly draw any other conclusion. But no matter how we might be feeling, no matter what our experience is today, God has no intention of abandoning us, ever. Later in John's gospel, Jesus tells his disciples that he will never abandon them or forsake them. He will never leave them as orphans in the room. He says, I will come to you. In this life, others will let us down. Others will abandon us. Even our closest friends, even our family members will abandon us. They'll forsake us. But the promise in scripture is that God never will. And it takes faith. It takes faith to say Jesus, the one in whom countless people esteem and credit with having lived a superb life, was God, the one who created all of this. John says all things came into being through him and without him not one thing came into being. That magnificent life of his, the one of love and care and concern where as scripture says, the image, the picture of the invisible God, he is the one who comes to us. And if we want to know about God's character, if we want God to step out of the picture on the mantle, All we need to do is look to Jesus. All we need to do is look to Jesus, our Savior. And that, my friends, is exactly what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about Emmanuel. God with us. God comes to us. If you are struggling, if you are scared, if you're not sure, remember the scriptures tell us again and again that God comes to us to us, to dwell with us in sickness and in health, in pain and pleasure, in tragedy or in triumph. Jesus steps out of the picture and comes to us. And so we're never alone. We're never forsaken. We are never abandoned. The word became flesh and lived among us. And we are glad. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we give you thanks for this Christmas day. A day in which we remember you have stepped out of the picture and have pitched a tent among us. That you are God, Emmanuel, with us always, delivering us from our doubt, delivering us from our grief, delivering us 
from our pain and suffering. We thank you that you promise all of us better days. And so for those of us struggling today, grant us your healing touch. Grant us your favor. God, we believe. Help our unbelief. For we need you. And we ask this in the name of our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people say, Amen. New to Central? Since 1840, we have been connecting people to God and to one another through scripture, sacrament, song, and service. We are located on the corner of College Avenue and Fulton Street in the Heritage Hill neighborhood of Grand Rapids. We hope you'll give us the opportunity to meet you in person soon. To learn more about our mission, ministries, and the ways you can grow and serve, please visit our website at www.centralreformedchurch.org.